Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Talking to you here, as always, Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff. With me across the room, Evan Leepak, Goshen News Sports Reporter. Evan, how are you? Fantastic. That's great. It's a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful day for another <laughs> podcast recording. Yes. Uh, before we continue, we, we have to acknowledge we have someone in the room with us as well, other than Sheila. We always have Sheila with us, or Rich. Uh, before we get to talking to him, I wish we make sure he knows that he's here. He's he's with us. Uh, Mark Hofer, retired Fairfield Athletic Director, is with us. Mark, how are you? Doing good. That's, Life is great. That is good. That is good. We have a lot of questions for you, Mark. So uh, we, we, let, uh, we let Dave Harms sort off of easy yesterday, last week. <laughs> so uh, yesterday. Um, but before we talk about uh, Mark's career, retirement, all the above, uh, we got to quickly mention that we had a couple Indiana All-Star representatives this past weekend in basketball on the girls' side. Bryn Shoup-Hill, Goshen recently graduated senior. I never know what to call her a senior still because she's not in school anymore technically. And then Northridge girls basketball coach um, Doug Springer. How does that work for the coaches? Obviously, we know how the players get picked. I'm not hundred. I don't know how this Mark, do you know anything by chance the background of that? How that gets selected? I believe it goes through the coaches association working with the All-Star committee. But right. it is a big honor. Right. Yeah, cuz I know I know Doug Springer's very involved and like he he takes his team all across the state and playing games, you know, like he'll go to Crown Point, Noblesville and all anywhere in between Homestead, you know, he'll he'll play his team pretty much everywhere. So he's very involved in the coaching, so I know he, that and obviously, he's, a, he's a, a successful coach as well. He's also a very outgoing person. Yeah, so. took his, <laughs> took, a, took a team to the semi-state in 2017. Uh, so he he knows uh, same year as Fairfield. Fairfield Northridge both went both went 2017-18 season, I believe. Right? It was right around the same time. Yeah, yeah Doug's been around a while. I mean, he was coach at Wheeler. Coach mm-hmm. Becca Bruschewski went on to Notre Dame. So I mean, there's he's had his connections and done a nice job. Right. So and these those three coaches on. Uh, this week we're supposed to be the coaches in 2020. The pandemic obviously canceled the whole game, so they let them come back for 2021, which was very cool. Uh, you know, that's awesome for them. And, uh, yeah, Doug Springer was the first Elkhart County girls basketball coach to ever coach uh, on the girls' side in the All-Star game. Fun fact. So Jim Hahn for the, on the boys' side, the late Jim Hahn, Concord, uh, he was the head coach in 1991. So only two Elkhart County coaches I could find, and then Kem Zolman, Kosciuszko County, but mm-hmm. Wawasi girls coach. He was the head coach for the girls in 2008. So there's some there's some coaching history there for the. So it's rare, but it's there. Right, it's rare. rare but so it's rare. <laughs> third third uh, third NLC coach Doug Springer to coach in the or not I I guess I'm excluding Warsaw. I didn't look up well, how many coaches from Warsaw have been in that. So that was a fact there. I apologize for the fact there. Um, more than three NLC coaches have probably coached in that game because Warsaw. Did you even go to journalism school, bro? I did not. Come I on. obviously did not go to the greatest <laughs> journalism school in the country. Fact there is, University it's of biggest, Missouri. It's the biggest um, thing. It's a minus 50 points on the, at least minus 50 on a, on a paper assignment. Yeah. Probably a minus 100. You should never get a fact there. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Depends how big it is, I suppose, right? Yeah. Maybe. And obviously, of course, Bryn Shoupill played, uh, recent, like I said, recent Goshen graduate. Uh, she only got to play about five to ten minutes in each game. They played three games last week against the juniors. One game against the junior and then two games against the Kentucky All-Stars. Uh, she scored in every game, so that was good. Uh, made some good defensive plays. Uh, when I was watching her Saturday at Southport High School, she had a couple of rebounds, a blocked shot, uh, two points. Um it was just cool, you know. Obviously, there's a lot of great players. They're all all stars, you know. They're all great players on this team. 
Uh, so to have Goshen represented down there was really cool to see. Uh, you know, uh, Mark, I don't know how how much you've been able to see Bryn play. I don't know if well the game this year. I think your game this year was was postponed or canceled yeah, because of COVID. Being, it ended up being canceled, but, but we played against her when she was <laughs> younger, and it was interesting because Brody and Sean Hill, Goshen's girls coach, yeah. are good friends. And Brody had the, her, his our kids played some good defense on Bryn and actually contained her mm-hmm. when we played them. But I think it might have been a little more interesting this year if we'd <laughs> ever gotten the chance. But it just right. never worked out. Yeah, especially with uh, with Brody's daughter Bree like being a solid player, sophomore. That would have been a fun matchup down the post. You don't, yeah. you know. So uh, we really got robbed of that one. I know, <laughs> freaking COVID, man. Darn COVID. Um, Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to tell you that, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but. But yeah, uh, so Bryn goes down. She's the all-time leading uh, program in points, rebounds, block shots. Uh, first Goshen girls player ever nominated or selected for the All-Star uh, team. Two boys players in the past: John Ritter and Andrew Hershberger, 1969-2003, respectively. And Bryn Shupil was the 27th athlete in Elkhart County history to be selected as an Indiana All-Star. Um, Surprisingly enough, the school that leads the most with most all-star selections, Elkhart Memorial, seven. So four girls and three boys have been selected. The school no longer exists, obviously, uh, with the merged Elkhart. So now the active leader is Northwood. Five girls from Northwood have been selected for the Indiana All-Stars. So That's awesome. Goshen is the only active school with a girl and a boy selected in its history. Northwood has five girls, Elkhart Central, and old Elkhart before the merge, uh, before the split, had four boys selected, and then Northridge has one boy, and guys like, not to get too boring with the rest of it, but, you know, Concord had four four boys selected, so. Is Drew Hogan going to make a run at it next year? I mean, you never know. If <laughs> <laughs> Drew Hogan's an Indian All-Star, I mean, hey, like 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 we say on this podcast, don't sleep on Goshen. You there know you what go. I mean? So, there you go. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Bryn Hill, Doug Springer. Uh, amazing weeks representing the state of Indiana, representing Elkhart County, uh, pretty cool stuff. Even and even you know Caitlin Costner from Penn, you know, representing Michigan as a whole. So, pretty awesome stuff. So, yeah, that's all I got. Oh, I just did a lip smack. Sheila's gonna be really angry about that. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> Sheila. I'm sorry. She probably didn't even notice. Yeah. She all right. Notice. She probably. Let's noticed. get to our guest, Mark Hofer. You already chimed in a couple times. So this is like good podcasting. We fed him, you know, some easy answers, some layups, right? Like yep. get him warmed up. Trying to loosen him up a bit. Yeah, get him warmed up before we ask all the hard-hitting journalism questions. So uh, Yeah, the hard, you know, the hard hard-hitting, right. Uh, Mark, again, thank you very much, very much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Um, you're, I know you're very busy doing nothing right now, so it's very exciting. So uh, do you still nothing. have AD rules, like roles? Like what is, when does your AD tenure officially end here? That's a good question. I really don't. <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's activities right now. I am meeting with the new athletic director coming in, Mark Engel, in the mm-hmm. next week to try to just get him up to speed. But there's things, I mean, I'm not going to leave him hanging, and I don't <laughs> want to leave the current kids and coaches hanging. Mm-hmm. So I'm still doing some stuff just to make sure things continue through the summer. Right, right. That That's smart. It's always, you know, transition of power like that. You know, it's tough, but especially with all this, well, 
this summer too. Now you actually have things to do. It might have been easier to do it last summer when there was nothing going on, but you also had COVID to balance. So it's a weird balance of like, is it better to leave this summer than last summer? So it's tough. This summer's much better because last summer there was a lot of preparation to get the kids back Mm -hmm. and so much stop and start last summer with the COVID stuff as far as trying to come up with guidelines. Right. And then as soon as you had the guidelines then somebody else would throw a curveball at you (laughs) that you had to do something different. Right, right. Right. So, Yeah. I guess the biggest question we can start with the biggest one first. You know, why was why was now the time for you to step down? Was this a decision that was kind of formulating for a couple of years, or is this kind of sudden thing you just kind of decided on? Or I would say it's been out there in my mind, but nothing that was vocalized. Quite honestly, I mean, I think most everybody knows more about my health probably than they need to. But <laughs> with the COVID that hit me in the fall. I mean, physically, I'm still having after effects. And it was getting to a point where I felt like I couldn't do the job the way I needed to. I mean, you see this wonderful cane that I have to use to help walk. But part of my COVID after effects is I have to be on blood thinners. Mm -hmm. I have degenerative arthritis in my knees, which means I can't take any medication for that anti-inflammatory. I move around way too slow to continue doing the job. And if I can't do it all out, I mean, I expect kids to do things all out. I expect coaches to do things all out. Mm-hmm. If I can't do it, then it was time to transition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that was kind of like a follow-up that we I kind of written down just about, obviously, you went through COVID in October yeah. really bad. I mean, thank you're here. So that's, yeah. that's really, you know, it's good. It's good. But it was also obviously a tough time. And was that that was that pretty much the accelerator? Then you kind of just answered that question, I guess. That was That was pretty much like, okay, like, that was the tipping point. We have to kind of re like re re-examine life almost. Like is that too philosophical or No, I think that's a fair fair way to explain it because it was not I let's put it this way. Back in August first when we started stuff out, it was not something that, oh, I'm gonna retire at the end of this year. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I had warned administration it was coming at some point because you need to spend time. You need to be have time with your family. I mean, my kids have paid the price. Yeah. My wife has paid the price. <laughs> I mean, I can remember when my son, my oldest son was a baby, and she used to talk about being abandoned at times, and it was. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if you're going to do the job and do it right, you're not going to be at home like you need to be. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of hit me during the COVID time when I was missing my eighth grader and ninth grader. I didn't see them play games. And that was very frustrating because they both developed. I mean, my eighth grade son, six foot six, <laughs> and has developed into an athlete. My ninth grade son, you know, he's the midget of the family, six foot. They're both <laughs> developing into athletes, and I'm not there. And that uh-huh. was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I missed a lot when Cordell was going through, but I could right. rationalize that. Mm-hmm. But I had trouble rationalizing missing mm-hmm. the other two, and it just got to the point where mm-hmm. I felt like there was time. It was time for a change. Man, I'll take six foot. Man, I'm like five eight on a good day, so <laughs> I'll take six foot. Yeah, yeah. awesome. I yeah. guess you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Obviously, we had we had written down that you'd. You talked about your two sons. Obviously, you want to see them more often play. Was that also a major factor? Oh, very definitely. As far as just missing out on them. I mean, I met, like I say, my oldest, Cordell, been out a few years, and I missed out, I mean, even on varsity basketball games because we had right. wrestling going on at times. Mm-hmm. But, again, you could rationalize that because it wasn't that much. Well, the more I missed of the younger ones, the more it got frustrating because I'd been a coach. I was a coach at Northridge for a number of years. And to see them going through where I was missing, I mean, I saw with my youngest one, my eighth grader, Nick, I saw basically three basketball games of his. I saw a few online, but I saw three. And to see the development that that kid had between when I saw him as a seventh grader to where he is now, I don't want to miss that. And I don't want them to sit there and feel like, oh, their dad isn't isn't interested in them. 
And mm-hmm. so it becomes, I think it's important, parental involvement. I mean, I would say Fairfield's a school where the parents are probably more involved. We joke about it, but it is mm-hmm. true. When we travel, nine times out of ten, we have more of our people there than the home team does. Yeah. And it's, I grew up in this community. I mean, I was an athlete in this community. I remember my dad taking time off of his work to make sure he was there. He'd do the shot put when I was at um, track events. He mm-hmm. would run the scoreboard at wrestling. I mean, he was involved. And I, I, want, I don't want my kids to have to have me not be there. Right. It is true. I mean, like, even, I mean, <laughs> the 2A softball semi-state just yeah. two weeks ago, man, all the way in the middle of nowhere, Chalmers, Indiana. It was supposed to be at LaVille first off. Very frustrating. Yes, uh, very. <laughs> that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, like, you're going to the middle of nowhere – and that game, I mean, especially the first game against Western Boone, it felt like there was definitely felt like there was more Fairfield fans there. And Western Boone's a closer drive right. than Chalmers, and obviously Pioneer is like thirty minutes away. Yeah. So it felt like Pioneer might have had more fans of that championship game, but there's still a good Fairfield contingency there. Yeah, and that's traditional among all our sports. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go around, I mean, you go around to what I would say are the quote smaller sports, and I can say that because I coach wrestling. But when we go to wrestling matches, there's a lot of times where there's more Fairfield fans, you know, there than other schools. Mm-hmm. And it's it's part of what makes Fairfield Fairfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we've already, we kind of talked, obviously, some of your personal stuff with the COVID. and I did have a follow-up. Oh, you always got a follow-up. Whoa. I was thinking, but you Whoa. just went right into it. Whoa. Know? I didn't look sorry up. To inter- sorry. sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> you can't really see that on but, the uh, podcast, but he has a follow-up. I'm sorry. I jumped obviously, right Obviously it's a good decision for your health, but it's still got to be difficult because you've done it for so many years. But being around the sports still, does that help with the decision? Because you're still going to be around a little bit? I think it helps with the decision. And, you know, like I say, I've been involved, you know, as an athlete. I got involved even when I was in college. I came back to Northridge. My old football coach was up at Northridge. I'd come back on Friday evenings and help them up in the press box as far as just seeing what was going on during the game. So I've been involved. I was involved in college. I mean, I officiated when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I helped out at the schools where I was going out as a student observer, student teacher. So I've been involved. It's going to be kind of nice just to be able to sit back. I mean, Coach Thacker asked me to be help with a video this fall, <laughs> and I politely turned him down. I want to be able to sit in the stands with my wife. Right. Mm-hmm. I and mean, she has not had that opportunity. We've been married over 25 years, and she has never, even when we got married, I was assistant AD at Northridge, so she's never had that chance just to sit with me as a fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always been, I've been there in a role. And so it's going to be fun. It'll be different, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be fun. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good follow-up question. There you go. question. Yeah. I'm glad we, I'm glad you interjected it. So that's good. I'm glad I got you to stop talking for a second. (laughs) Yeah. I usually don't stop talking on this podcast. It's very rare. Um, So. Which is fine with me. I mean, I couldn't talk as much as you do (laughs) to take up this Anyway, (laughs) anyway, as I was saying, um, you had a tough year personally with the COVID, getting COVID, your physical ailments, but professionally too, just how challenging was this year? We asked Dave Harms about that last week, man. This had to have been a, just a crazy, since last March, just how crazy has it been professionally in the professional sense, I guess. I think it's been crazy because to see kids suffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, think back beginning of August when we started the seasons and the first word we got out of the county was we were shutting sports yeah, down that, for the fall. That first week of, I don't uh, like to remember it. I don't try to yeah. remember that first week but of August. But I think it puts in perspective as far as what the kids had to go through to the ups and downs. You know, you look, you think you're not going to have fall sports. I mean, that, that was just crushing. I can remember, honestly, when I got the first word on that, I went out and drove for about half an hour because <laughs> I had to get away from school because I was mm-hmm. so frustrated for mm-hmm. the kids. But then you also go through as far as your teams being quarantined kids being quarantined you know for them to sit there and work through that struggle i will say as far as with having kids in the school a lot of kids a lot of families 
were very concerned when I went into the hospital because I was in critical condition. Mm -hmm. And that was in the middle of a run for the volleyball team, a run for the football team. And, you know, things that kids shouldn't have to deal with worrying about, you know, their adults. I mean, worry about my own kids because I had a kid on the football team who couldn't play. And thank goodness he didn't contaminate the rest of the team. We pulled him out early Mm -hmm. enough that that happened. You go into the winter, like we said, Fairfield couldn't play Goshen in girls basketball. Right. You know, we had to sit there and cancel boys games because our boys team got thrown into quarantine. Our girls, the first five games they had of the season were all reschedules or added onto the schedule. You know, we go into a wrestling tournament. We had a wrestler get quarantined because it happened that a kid he wrestled turned out to be positive the next day. You go into the spring. I mean, we spring sports, we got going, but we had situations where we had individuals. We had a team quarantine for a time. And so these kids having to deal with this constant flux of emotions, it was difficult on the kids. I've got to give them credit because they're resilient. I think us as administrators, as coaches, we got very frustrated. And part of it, too, was the way the rules were changing. I mean, one week the rule was this, then it was this, and you never quite knew what the target was. I mean, I joke with my assistant AD, Tim Fritz, give us the rules and we'll play your game. But when the rules are constantly changing on you, it, it was tough, and these kids... Like I say, I give them credit. They were resilient. Mm-hmm. They hung in there. And, you know, we got – I mean, I look at Indiana. We're one of the few states that got all of our sports yeah. state tournaments in. It's pretty amazing that – and we never – like, none of the state tournaments were moved or postponed. Like, all the state tournaments, all every round, sectional, regional, semi-state, nothing was moved, right. which was honestly a miracle, especially, like, late late fall yeah. when it really ticked up. Um, kind of follow up on that. I asked Dave this, I think, last week as well, like – so which which of the seasons was maybe the toughest professionally to do the fall the winter or the spring obviously personally you went through COVID in the fall so I'm assuming that probably gives it the slight edge but like in the professional sense which one was maybe the toughest to prepare for manage get through I guess I guess this is going to sound strange but actually it was the winter yeah and the reason I say that is it seemed like every day and partly I was dealing with this at home I mean, I was very well connected, both mm-hmm. electronically with the computer and the phone, but it seemed like every day you were getting a game canceled, kids putting in the quarantine. I mean, mm-hmm. I can remember right before Thanksgiving hearing that our school was going virtual, mm-hmm. which in the end I think probably did help us because we didn't have kids having so much contact <laughs> with other kids. But, I mean, talk about the number of reschedules that we had to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy through, especially November and December. But, I mean, even in January and early February, we had a game basketball game with Garrett that we had to reschedule for the boys and it cost me a big game for us Northridge as a result. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think the winter, it was a big challenge. It was almost like a springtime where you kept getting things <laughs> rained out. Uh-huh. And you didn't know from time to time. And I looked at the phone and when I saw Fairfield on the phone, I thought, Oh shoot, here we go. We've got another game. I'm going to have to move. Mm-hmm. And then I was on the internet constantly trying to find replacement games. If it was somebody canceling on us. Mm-hmm. So I, in my experience, the winter was the most challenging. I think there was a time I was sitting at the electric brew down the street. I went to like get a coffee and like work on something. And then like, they were just kept on cancellations, kept on rolling in or postponements. I spent two hours on my Google Doc, like updating my schedule. Like that's how crazy the winter was. I was like, I don't think I did anything other than that updates to the schedule because it was just like, oh, here's a Northridge game being moved. Here's a Northwood game. Here's a Goshen game being moved. It was just ridiculous. It was like every day, every day it seemed like there was like 10, 10 games moved or whatever. So. Well, we created, I mean, just as an example, we mm. created this NECC NLC shootout that we have for the girls, which I think is a neat event. Right. Where we bring Fairfield, Concord, Northridge, and Angola in. And that normally has four varsity games, four JV games for the girls. It had one game this year. 
because <laughs> of all the different schools who had different cancellations. Just, just crazy. Just, yeah. It was like Fairfield and Northridge. Northridge, girls. yeah. And it was yeah. a great game. Good game. But, I mean, we lost out. We never got to play Concord. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was the tail of the winter that way as far as schedules were not anywhere near consistent. Yeah. All right. right. I think I'm done asking follow-ups, so. No, you're good. <laughs> no problem. But, yeah, obviously you talked about how difficult of a season or a year it was, but still saw a lot of success, like we mentioned earlier, with volleyball, girls basketball, girls tennis, softball, obviously. What does that say about the kids' resolve? You know, they went through so much, but to have the resolve to still have that much success in a year like this. Well, I'm talking with the kids. One of the interesting things is I see kids appreciated their seasons more than they ever have because of yep. losing their spring seasons. And, you know, we're a smaller school, so we have a lot of kids who are playing multiple sports. And so the spring season affected a lot of kids. I mean, I feel for the seniors last year, but we had some sophomores this year who really were freshmen in the spring mm-hmm. because of the fact that they never got a freshman season. So to have that going on, I think the kids had an appreciation, and I think that helped. I mean, these kids, when they got the chance, when we sat there and opened the doors in July and let them have the opportunity just to come in for open gyms, it was amazing how many kids just wanted to get out of the house. Quite honestly, how many parents wanted their kids out of the house. And they, they put in the time, and I think that made a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, even, like, not to personalize it, but as a journalist, I think I appreciated it more, too. I mean, we, we, we did enough to get through the spring and the summer last year, but it felt great to just – be out there. I was there for you at the first day. You were yeah. signing kids in. I was going to talk to Thacker at football, and yeah. it was just awesome to be, like, getting a sunburn again. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Sweating while talking to the coach. You know, just even, like, little things like that. It was like, oh, this is what it feels like. I forgot what this feels like. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, you mentioned him earlier this, in, the, in the interview, but Mark Engel was hired this past week as the athletic director. Uh, he worked – Spent 15 years at Fairfield, teacher, and he's been coaching a long time. How well do you know him? Do you, and how well did you know him beforehand? And uh, what do you think? How do you think he'll do as athletic director? Well, I knew Mark as far as he was down at Benton Elementary, mm-hmm. sixth grade teacher down there, coached sixth grade basketball down there. So I knew him in that role. He coached my oldest one, Cordell, as far as in basketball down mm-hmm. there. So I knew his involvement there. He was also baseball coach over at Westview for a time. So I knew him in those roles. I've known him as a person just because of the teacher teacher role. Great person. Mm-hmm. And so for him getting back into school-based athletics, I think that's going to be a good move for him. You know, there's going to be challenges. And I guess the biggest thing I'd ask people is be patient because I remember <laughs> what it was like getting in here the first time. And it's you can have all these wonderful ideas until you get your feet wet. You're really not knowing what you're going to get into. So Mm -hmm. I'll be there as a resource as much as I can, but I'm also quite honestly going to follow the advice that was given me when I gave up coaching at Northridge, which is I am going to step back and give him a space. He needs that space to be Mm -hmm. able to be himself. And so I'm I'm excited for what's going to happen in the fall. I mean, I've got schedules set up, got officiating set up so he can move, walk in, you know, walk in and then start running right away because it's going to be, Fast, right? Yeah, those some of those things like officials are pretty much set, you know, as, as far in advance as you can or want to. So, shouldn't be too much of an issue in that sense. But, what do you think will be his biggest learning curve? What do you remember from your first four years as athletic director that was the biggest learning curve? Obviously, not to not to make you feel old, air quotes. But twenty four years ago, there were different things that we didn't have, like technology, like certain technology things. But, what do you think is the biggest learning curve as an AD that he probably will learn have to go through here? I think it's a lot of when you mentioned technology, a lot of the paperwork. I mean, it sounds. I mean, the, going to the ball games, making sure everything. I think that comes, and you have a feel for it, having been a coach. But there's a lot of paperwork that you have to do, 
and you know just eligibility on kids checking eligibility entry forms for sectionals making sure you know that kids transferring in go through all that and that's when you say as far as am i retired i mean just yesterday i worked on a kid who's coming in on transfer because we've got to get that you have to have your transfers mm-hmm. done before you can start summer activities well if i sit there and tell them wait till he's in there that kid's losing out and so just those little bits of pieces of paperwork as you're going along and, you know, there, there are rush times where you've got a lot of stuff going, like in the spring when you have mm-hmm. six different sports, <laughs> and it seems like their sectional entries are all due within a week. Mm-hmm. And when you do a sectional entry, it's not just as simple as writing that kid's name down. You have to be able to check their birth date, check how many classes they're taking, how many they passed previously, and you've got to make sure on all that. And, you know, that's just going to be, that's a learning curve, and it's going to be a steep one at first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel comfortable as far as, you know, he'll be fine. Yeah. I think talking to Mark Angle a couple times now, he seems like he's pretty confident he'll do a good job. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see how he does. So, and obviously having guys like Tim Fritz there will help him too a lot, I'm sure. So, yeah, Tim is a great resource. He's, <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, he stepped into the role. Right. So he knows quite a bit about what was going on. But again, the paperwork, it, it, that becomes the biggest challenge that somebody knew because Tim and I, I mean, we were burning our cell phones down. <laughs> And I don't mm-hmm. know what we would have done without technology because that's been the biggest change since I've been in there. When I first right. started at Fairfield, I had one of these old, I call them a box computer, a Mac Plus. Mm-hmm. Fairfield had no computers in the office when I came in. They were doing typewriters. Wow. <laughs> so I put the Mac Plus up so that at least I had a computer to do stuff. But now you do everything online, and that's right. been the biggest change by far. And, you know, I had to sit there. Tim, I think, is one of those who still likes and I like the face-to-face interaction but you do have to spend a lot of time on your computer right right so yeah all right yeah one more question right we have one, one more, more question. written down question one more we, we could have a few follow-ups you it's never true. know this is gonna be a lot of follow-ups but anyway <laughs> anyway so obviously you know your time at fairfield you've seen a ton of cool things great players great coaches great teams any in particular over the last 24 years that stand out to you i mean i'm sure there's been a lot and there's a you could go down the list but any any in particular that stand out to you well i guess i'm going to sit there and say kind of i think it was you austin i talked with about this but on a personal level when i got to be involved with my oldest son cordell and we won a basketball sectional championship that came out of nowhere back when he was a sophomore back about four years ago Mm -hmm. that by far was the most enjoyable moments for me because i got to spend that with my son Mm-hmm. And I got to see him in a role that I you know, kind of dreamed about. I mean, I was an athlete at Fairfield. We never won a sectional as a team. I was in individual sports. To see him get a chance to put his picture, the Hoosiers moment, where you get to put <laughs> right. the picture on the wall, right. and to be there with him and have him be a contributor. I think he learned a lot about himself at that point and had some of the best basketball I've seen him play, even though he was a sophomore at that point. Mm. That was fun. That was exciting. I mean, you know, you go beyond the family things, you know, volleyball team winning two state runner-up titles. That's phenomenal. You know, the mm-hmm. basketball titles we had. Mike Filburn, my gosh, I don't want to sit there <laughs> and ignore the number of sectional mm-hmm. titles that our tennis program has won. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, people, I think, take some of that for granted. Before I got there, before Mike was coaching, we didn't have any tennis sectional titles. So you right. go back to 1997, and there's no sectional championships for tennis. Yeah. So that's pretty phenomenal. You know, just the kids that we see, I mean – I talk about kids, too, as far as sports are a way for kids to be student athletes. And I always talk about the student first. But some of those kids, if they didn't have sports, 
would not graduate, would not be the part of society that they are now. Those are the things that are so neat. When I walk out in the community, and just yesterday I had a kid who was involved in a football team who I never would have thought, you know, would even care. Hey, Mr. Hofer, congratulations. Hope your retirement's good. <laughs> and this kid was barely on the team academically. To see him get through, get a diploma, be a contributing member of society, those things are so cool. And those things are I'm going to miss. Yeah, that's awesome stuff, you know, especially like you mentioned with those kids who get to do it, you know, who sports are their outlet for the most part and it keeps them involved and it keeps them in school and things like that so uh it's pretty cool stuff and of course you went very selfish with your answer in cordell naturally but that's fine you're allowed to do that it's your son so i'm just giving you i'm giving you a hard time so that's of course it's, it's a great moment i'm sure for you and i'm sure uh, alex and uh, dominic will have a couple uh more moments here, I'm sure, uh, on the basketball court or whatever they play. Well, I look at my son, Dominic, and I don't like to sit there and you know keep Alex out of it because Alex <laughs> this year, honor roll student, fantastic, I love it. But Dominic, I mean, he's a student who's had to overcome a lot in his life, and I never thought he'd play sports. And to sit there and see this kid as a seventh grader get involved in sports, and sports actually turned him around. I mean, he has Asperger's, mm-hmm. and so a form of autism – you wouldn't know it if you met the kid after you're looking up at him first of all. But <laughs> yeah. to see a kid who's you know gotten involved in sports, and I think it made the difference in that kid's life. Mm-hmm. Academically, phenomenal kid across the board. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I look at as far as athletics. We've got kids who we are making into productive members of society. Sure, they're good athletes. It's neat to see. But some of them aren't. But they mm-hmm. still get involved. They're part of it. It makes a difference in their life. And that's if you do that, life's good. Mm-hmm. Anything else you need to ask him, Evan? Any follow-ups you got? Anything else? Just in general? Yeah. Are we going to ask life? him about his post-retirement plans? Yeah, gonna I was going to say, what's, the, what's, cool, the, what's, cool the, first, trips coming what's up the first right vacation spot for, for Mr. and Mrs. Hofer? <laughs> I would say it's going to be honestly pretty boring because we're going to be at ball games. I mean, I, I've got to sit there and give the Nick and Alex the opportunities that Cordell had. And so we'll, we'll go around to their ball games. They'll go to different activities that way. Quite honestly, for me, my post-retirement stuff to start with is going to be, I've got to get something done with these knees and figure yeah. out, because it's frustrating not to move like I used to. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to meet with some orthopedic guys, try to figure out what it is I can do, and you know, meet with the cardiologist and try to get back to normal. I mean, in talking with my cardiologist, he said it could be up to two years' time wow. before it gets back to normal just with the side effects. And so I need to get beyond that first. And once I get beyond that, who knows? Right. Well, there'll be something out there. Yeah. It's kind of crazy what COVID can do. And thank God you're here to live through the side effects, obviously. Yeah. So oh. and you I, and Tom Skimmerhorn, of course, yeah. both very seriously had it last year. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds really weird to say this, but I'm almost glad it happened to me as opposed to my kids. They got it. Right. They had a few days where it was bad, but they are fine. They're involved actively. And, you know, I'm at an age where I'll deal with it and I'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's a fatherly instinct, too. You, you, you know, you don't want you to see your kids go through anything, no. obviously, and so you'd rather go through it than not. So exactly, right. I know my dad would probably say the same thing. You know, so um, yeah, awesome. Well, this has been a great interview, I think. Evan, would you concur? Yeah, <laughs> better than Dave's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Neck. I mean, it's a high bar. Neck yeah, Dave Arms is a high bar to uh, climb over. No, Mark, we really appreciate the time. Thank you. Congratulations on your mm-hmm. retirement. I uh, just wanted to say a personal thank you for all your help with me in the last couple of years and Evan as well, just accommodating all of our random requests and making sure that we have rosters and, you know, always got a space at the games and stuff like that. So your work has been appreciated um, and Fairfield has been a, a great 
great partner to work with and uh, helping us cover games and whatever out there. So well, we thank you guys too because mm-hmm. I know as a kid, sports reports people may not think about it, but those sports reports are things that are my memories of when I was doing this. That was back in Leroy Lambright's day. <laughs> and so, shout out I mean, Leroy. That takes, yeah, that takes it back. But it, uh, it means a lot to the kids, and so we definitely appreciate you guys as well. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank we're, try- you. we're trying, that's for sure. It's I always tell people, Lord knows we're trying. So uh, It's a good way <laughs> well, to put it. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> that will be uh, this. That caps, that ends this week's edition of the Ghost of News Sports Podcast. I want to thank again Mark Hofer, retiring Fairfield Athletic Director, for joining us. We'll be back next week with uh, hopefully an interview with Westview's retiring Athletic Director, Darlene Matthew. That is the schedule as of... 3.06 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, June 19th. Oh, I almost said 19th. June, 19th. June 16th. The plan is to still have Darlene Matthew in next week. Uh, so we appreciate it again, and stay tuned for that next week. <laughs>